So this morning I'm going to continue our uh, sermon series that we've been in about um, trying to make sense out of 2020, the year 2020. And um, it has been a very turbulent year. It's been a tough year. And it's been a, a year with a lot of confusion. And uh, I think we've talked about here in the last uh, several times that uh, it really isn't it really a truth anymore. I mean, truth is kind of subjective to the to the many sources out there, and, and the way that our social medias are set up, they tend to, to favor your likes and your dislikes, and, and sometimes the things that you're Google googling for information is different than other people than the sources that they're looking at. And then we we tend to come together and and, and try to understand each other. And sometimes we're we're wondering what how are you looking at at things you know in, in that kind of that kind of way and the truth is that sometimes the truth the the reality that some of us are experiencing and that we're seeing and that's being projected to us is different than the reality that's being projected to others that we live right beside and uh, you know it can become very confusing and it can, it can cause a lot of division and um, the one thing that we want to make sure that doesn't happen is that that division creeps into the church. And we know that the, the, the walls of the church can withstand the forces of evil. The Bible tells us that. But unfortunately, sometimes we bring it in with us. And uh, the Bible speaks to the divisions and to the, to the fights and the, uh, the contentious arguments that happen sometimes in the church. And, and don't get me wrong, sometimes those are needed and those are healthy to make sure that things are done appropriately. But at the same time, um, I think we're living in a world right now that is uh, full of hate. And sometimes it's, uh, it's, it's just for hate's sake. And uh, in, in, my, in my everyday life, I spend, uh, I spend a lot of evenings talking to people. And here in the last several, here in the last several months of this year and in parts of last year, a lot of times when I'm talking to people, they are talking about an, an anger that they have. And uh, we, spend, we spend a lot of time trying to find the source of that anger. Like, what's, what's causing you to have this kind of anger? What's causing... And, and a lot of times we, we try to work on our depression, we, we work on, on, on the blues that we're having, and, and we, try to, we try to find what, what is the source and that... that Way we could treat, we could treat and go after the source of the of the negativity, the source of the anger, the source of the depression, and, and we can treat that and maybe try to lift it up and fix it and, and manipulate it into a way that we can bring joy back into our lives. And, and something something that I want you to think about this morning is that something that we hardly ever speak about is the source of love. And we talk a lot of times in the, especially if you listen to me, I, I feel like my calling from God was to present God and His love. And hopefully, every time you hear me speak, you hear me speak about God's love because I, I truly feel that's what He called me to do is to speak about God's love. And a lot of times when we're when we're talking about God's love and we talk about our love. Rarely do we ever think about what is the true source of love. What is driving my love? And unfortunately, sometimes love can be misguided. And what we are sourcing our love in is not in a healthy source. 
And the Bible speaks to this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it's known as the love chapter. And it speaks about love. And I want I want you to concentrate on two verses here. And if you have your Bible or your phone and you, and you want to pull it out, I, I want you to I want you to concentrate with me on on two verses here. And this is a this is called the love chapter, and this is a chapter that's talking about love, and it's it's uh, describing love. It describes what is love and what is not love. And um, these two verses that we're going to look at this morning kind of speak to the source, the proper source of love, and and what it and it kind of comes to it from what it doesn't look like, okay? Because sometimes, a lot of times, the, the things that we are grounding our love in and that we're planting our love in is not healthy soil. It's not healthy ground. And therefore, the love that we, that we have is not healthy love. And a lot of times, we're looking and we think, well, I'm trying to love. You know, you ever, you ever, uh, you got any cat owners here? Anybody a cat owner? Have you ever tried sometimes a love on a cat? They, a lot of cats don't want to be loved. And, and sometimes when you try to pet them, they like, you know, they do the matrix thing on you and, and they're trying to get away from you. They, they just don't want to be disturbed. And, uh, you know, and we, we, we have a cat like that at our house. And, uh, you know, my kids want to pet it. And sometimes Ariane comes in and wants to pet the cat and it doesn't want anything to do with Ariane. And Ariane will say, let me love you. You know, and it and it she gets frustrated. And sometimes with people, we feel like we're loving them, but it's not coming across to them as love. And sometimes you almost want to say to them, "Let me love you." You know, it, it, but here's here is where the problem is: is that if we take a hard look at ourselves, sometimes what we're basing our love in and where our the source of our love, it's not Christ. And it's not a proper place. Therefore, when we show love and when what we think is love is coming out of us, it's not being realized as Christian love. And so let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to go to verse 4 and 5. And it says that love suffers long and is kind. Love is kind. If you think, if you think we need a little bit more kindness in this world, just give me a honk. All right, so we're on the same page. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, and thinks no evil. Okay? So now we're we're pulling out three critical things about love. And today I want to concentrate on those three things. And in the Bible, you know the story about the, the, the prodigal son. And, and there, is, there is this word, and, and if you have Facebook, and last night when I was reminded you about the service today, um, preternatural. Preternatural means it is uh, outside of the natural, something that happens outside of the natural realms of this world. So it can't be naturally explained. It, it's something that happens and in, in it's outside of the natural realms. And so when we think about a Christian love, the very title of that, the very adjective, the very explanation of that should be a 
preternatural love. It is a love that exists outside of the natural bounds of this world. And like the prodigal son, we should be and we should claim and we should come and approach ourselves the way that the prodigal son approached his father when he came back after being gone. And if you remember that story, he comes back and he offers himself as a servant. I'm, and he says, I'm not worthy of your love. I have betrayed your love. I have acted in such a way that is disrespectful to you. I spent your inheritance as if you were dead to me. And yet I see the heirs of my ways and I'm coming back to you. And I'm coming back to you as a servant because I am not deserving of your love. And I am so unworthy of your love. But if you remember, he says that... You will not come back as my servant, but only as my son. And that is that is the encapsulation of who Jesus Christ is and the idea in that his love is not sourced in anything that is selfish, it's not prideful, but the Father's love was sourced in perfect Christian love. It was sacrificial love. It was unselfish. It was without pride. And, you know, he could have been, yeah, you did disrespect me. You got to earn your way back into the household. But none of that happened. And it is the perfect story about how Jesus Christ accepts us. And if you if you think about it, in James 4, it says that he gives more grace. And therefore, it says God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And if you read about God's love, the underlying theme that has to happen for us so that we can project a Christ-like love, it has to be sourced in humility. It has to be sourced in humility. It cannot be prideful. It cannot be boastful. It cannot be envy. In something that uh, is envious. It has to be so perfect unselfish, self-sacrificing kind of love. And that is a love that is preternatural. It exists outside of the natural realms of this world. Because if you think about what we base love on and how we come together, even as family, we, you know, when you're dating or when you're picking out things, and it, I mean, it, you base it because of how they make you feel in, in the, in the, uh, Security that, that they can provide you and uh, the life that they can provide you. And so many times our love is built selfishly and it's based selfishly. And then that sometimes can be preached to our kids. You know, it's like find somebody's gonna be great to you. And, you know, and I'm saying that's not I'm not saying that's the way you shouldn't tell your kids, alright, by the way. But we sometimes preach and within this world exhibits a love that does not reflect true Christian love because it is selfish and it is proudful and it is built on pride and love is not boastful is what the, the scripture says in 1 Corinthians and uh, here's a, here, here is the thing that this is saying is that it, if, if you're boastful then 
that is that is the antithesis of what Jesus Christ stood for. And your salvation is totally dependent upon Jesus Christ, 100%. You have nothing to do with your own salvation. In fact, the faith that allows you to come to salvation is actually a gift from God. So we have nothing to do with our own salvation. In the, own, in the love that we build our salvation upon and stand upon, the promise of that love, there should be nothing that we can boast of. In fact, it says that we are saved by, by faith through by, by grace through faith, so that no one may boast. Because you can't do it through good works. And sometimes what we end up doing is that our love comes across as boastful. It comes across as like, I love you, but I need you to know that I love you because I'm better than you. And, you know, I'm looking down on you. And that is why sometimes the churches die is because of the judgmental and because of the boastfulness of our love. And we tell, and we ask ourselves and we tell ourselves and we, we argue with ourselves that we are a loving people and that we're showing love. But unfortunately, sometimes the way that people feel our love and the way that we project our love on the people, it becomes boastful. And what the Bible says very clearly is that love, true Christian love, cannot be boastful. It can't happen. So if we are ever loving in a boastful way, we're not loving. We're just being boastful. And it says love is not arrogant. And that is the same thing that as if pride that we have that our love projects pride in ourselves and as if we have earned anything and if you want to project true christian love you have to project it through humility there's no other way for love to be projected except through humility and if you project it through arrogance and if you project it through boastfulness then you are projecting to someone that love has to be earned and you have to be good enough and you have to be great enough and work hard enough to get that love. And sometimes if we're not careful, that can be taught down to our kids. Now, I'm not saying don't discipline your kids, but at the same time, when you're disciplining your kids and grandkids, you have to do it in a way that shows love. Because all throughout the Bible, God disciplines his people. God disciplines his people, but he does it in a way to where they know that he loves them. And if we're not careful, then our love comes across as arrogant and we boast about it. And in fact, boastfulness is, uh, and, and arrogance is actually on the other side of the coin of envious. Because if you're envious, you envy what somebody else has that you don't have. If you're arrogant, you are walking around thinking you're better because you have something that somebody else doesn't have. Okay? So it's two sides of the same coin. And we talk about how horrible envy is. Well, arrogance is just as bad. And your love cannot be projected as if you have something and you're better because you have it and others don't. Love cannot be boastful and it cannot be arrogant. And then here's the other, the last thing, love cannot be rude. And what that means is you have to do the little things. You have to be nice to people. 
you have to communicate with them through love. Now, I don't know how many people, how many people remember when Ariane and me did the sermon together? Okay, I don't know. There we go. Good, thanks. All right. <laughs> Couldn't see your hands raised. But um, if you remember the conversation that me and Ariane had that day, when we're talking about communicating inside of a marriage, um, there was there's a point when we were preparing that, and, and it's a question that I asked her, and the answer was shocking to me. And then I actually did research with um, other other ladies and, and re- through some books about it. And women, and I, and I don't understand this, but to women, the tone and the way that you speak to them is actually more important than what you actually say to them. I, I, I don't understand. I mean, I don't understand what that why that is. I, I, I you know, men sometimes yell at each other. I mean, I grew up with friends where we would punch each other in the face, and then five minutes later we'd be out eating together, slapping fives. You know, guys just settle it differently. But for for whatever reason, sometimes when when we talk inside of our marriage, we have. We have to use words and we have to use tone and phrases that project love. And in fact, if you have a child that you are constantly on and you berate them and you constantly correct them in a very harsh, in a very mean manner, don't be surprised when that kid grows up and doesn't really like you. I mean, that's just the way that it is. I mean, that's a biblical, that is a biblical law. You reap what you sow, all right? So what we what we do here is that we have to project and we have to say and we have to do things in a kind way. And then here's the here here's the thing is that the only way to do that, the only way to be kind and the only way not to be arrogant and boastful is for your love to be sourced and to be sourced in the perfect kind of ground. And the perfect kind of ground that your love needs to be sourced in is humility. And how you how you find humility, the ground that you're going to source, the, that your love is going to come from, the source of your love, that can only come from the preternatural love that you receive when Jesus Christ is living through you. So in order... To love someone, you have to love them as Christ would love them. And that is with great humility. Remember, Christ is the perfect example of humility. He stepped down from the throne, his throne on heaven. He clothed himself in human flesh. He subjected himself to human torture and lies. He allowed himself to be hung on a cross. He allowed his spirit so that he could die. And then he conquered hell, conquered the grave, conquered the threat of the of the grave and death over us, and then went up to heaven where he now sits at the right hand of the Father until he comes back to take us. He is the perfect source of humility. And if you look now, it is not a boastful there's not anything boastful, boastful about Christ. All throughout his ministry, he always says, I do this for the glory of God. And in response, God says, 
This is my son who I'm well pleased with. It's humility. And here's what, I, here's what I'm saying to you. Is that there's enough hate in this world. There's enough. And, and listen, sometimes, you know, I talk to people and they say, well, they're wrong. And, and I get it, okay? All right? I get it. I've been married 20 years. I understand how wrong I have been. Okay? So, but here's the way. You can still have a relationship with someone and you can still love someone even if you don't agree with them 100%. In fact, how are we going to win people to Christ if we can't show them true love that is grounded in Christ-like humility? How are we going to do that? Because if we don't, we come across as rude and arrogant and boastful. I mean, how are we going to win them? The old saying is, before they will ever, before they will ever believe a word that we say, they have to know and trust that we love them. And then here's the other thing: how can we operate as a church? If we allow hatred and we allow divisions to be brought into the church. And I'm not saying that, that exists here. This is this is one of the best churches on earth right here. I'm so proud. I, I'm, I'm humbled to be your pastor. I, I, I love you guys. What great people you serve. But we have to always have an internal audit going on. To make sure that inside of our marriages, inside of our families, and inside of our relationships, our jobs, our churches, our friendships, that our love is not being rooted in the wrong kind of ground, but it's being rooted in true Christian humility so that we come across with true Christian love. Amen. So at this time, um, I'm going to ask Dave to come up and, and sing a song. And then um, just, uh, just bow your heads or uh, just say just say a prayer. What, you know, if you want to in your car, um, who, you know, grab the hand of your spouse or, your, or if you're with your child or a friend. Um, just grab their hand and, and just pray about, pray for our country. Pray for our church. Pray for our communities. Pray for those who are sick. This is this is a terrible time. It, it is. There's no other way to, to say it. It's a terrible time. And the only way that we conquer this, truly conquer this, in the spiritual battle, is through true Christian love.